Pages is a game where you will learn as you play, and we strongly recommend experiencing your early runs on your own to enjoy everything without spoilers for the first time. This podcast will assume you have reached the final boss, unlocked all the weapons, and met all the characters. Any additional spoilers will be disclosed in the episode. Thanks for tuning in. And welcome to Hidden Aspects, a podcast about Hades. I'm your host, Ridiculous Hat, and this week we are joined by High Heat Pusher, Leaderboard Master, and Rama Runner. Tail ask, Tail, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing all right. Hanging in there. Getting ready for, well, doing the show, and then I made sure to leave time after for runs because, you know, after you talk about Hades, the most important thing to do is play some Hades. So I got some oh, time, yeah, you gotta. Got some time sketched out for that, and... uh Listeners, we'll be getting to know Tail a little bit better, but you can also get to know everyone by following our social media accounts. In addition to following us on whatever podcast platform you like, you can check us out at Hidden Aspects on Twitter and join our Discord. Link is on the Twitter and in the show notes. All right, Tail, give us some background before we spend the rest of the show talking about the one game. Tell us about how you got into gaming in general, where you got started, uh, kind of what, what caught you early on. Um, yeah, I guess my whole thing with gaming kind of started as a kid with like with many people um you know i started with nintendo consoles uh just playing like you know pokemon mario uh as a kid kind of getting into those and it became just kind of this hobby i got super into and um that branched out into more and more games as time went on and um yeah i i guess i would like to say i play a pretty wide variety of games and uh hades is among my favorite what are some standout games that are not Hades that like that caught you for a little bit or that you whenever someone says what's your favorite game kind of your go-to answers? Oh uh, yeah. Um I would say they're not like definitive but uh, among my favorite games are uh Monster Hunter, the Monster Hunter series for sure. Um Dark Souls, Bloodborne, those FromSoft action RPGs are uh definite favorites. Um Metroid and Metroid Prime are also up there for sure. There are three very distinct threads there. So, okay, the first question I have to ask, did you like Sekiro? I did. I did very much. <laughs> okay. Do you think it's a Soulsborne, though? It's... That terminology has always been kind of hard to define, in my opinion, because it, it's it's more just from Soft style and how they approach action RPGs, and Soulsborne kind of locks it into the games they've made so far you know souls and bloodborne but i i think sekiro yeah for intents and purposes basically is it's that game uh, we could do an episode just talking about that game in its own <laughs> particular design because it's like it's similar and you can tell the dna is there but there are some parts that are really different and i think that sekiro is kind of like if FromSoft made guitar hero because that game's a rhythm game like the parrying is so <laughs> important oh yeah it's really funny too when i was playing sekiro for the first time i thought this will be easy. I played all the Souls games, Bloodborne. I'm good at them. This will be fine. And then I ran into Lady Butterfly, and she was a total wall. Oh, and yeah. I had, I just really had to like rewire my brain in terms of how to play it. Yeah, and if you don't figure out pairing by Lady Butterfly, Genichiro will teach it to you very quickly because you can't oh, yeah. just stand there that fight. <laughs> and then, as far as Monster Hunter and Pokemon, I guess you like catching things. I suppose that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a common thread there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Y- yeah, with uh, 
Monster Hunter, yeah, that's just been like a series I've been into for a long time. And so I played a lot. I have a lot of hours in that series. And they're they're still coming out. Monster Hunter World still getting content. It looks like an awesome game. I haven't gotten time to dive in myself, but that looks kind of like Pokemon with that bit of, of action RPG twist to it. Yeah, it's 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 very um it's very heavy on action RPG in terms of like buffering your animations. So you can't just really mash attacks, you really have to um, think about what you're about to do and how long it'll take. And um, I, that's honestly kind of translated a lot into Hades, in my opinion. Interesting. Okay. So I want to hear more about that. We'll come back to that. And I'm not going to bring up Metroidvanias because this will be a Metroidvania podcast because that's, <laughs> that's like, that's, I think, the genre I identify the most with. And, and we could talk about Hollow Knight all day, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But how did you find out about Hades? Because you've been playing for a minute now. Yeah, um, I think I found out about Hades from just about the initial reveal um, when it was first shown in early access. And I didn't start playing it at the time. I don't think there was really a good reason I didn't start playing it. I just like had other games I was playing at the time. That's a good reason. Um, but it, it for sure interested me. And I had played uh, Supergiant's other games. So, yeah. Yeah, and their DNA is very clear. So, And it's interesting... Most of the people I've talked to for Hades didn't really get into Pyre. Like, people bring up Bastion a lot and Transistor uh-huh. sometimes, but Pyre feels like kind of the diamond in the rough here. Oh, yeah. I feel that a lot, and I am one of the few who did get into Pyre, and I enjoyed it for what it was. I think I understand why it, it's, it puts off a lot of players in terms of the gameplay, but I found it to be really rewarding and super giant storytelling and just, you know, unique touch was there. So incredibly well made, high fantasy, yet also sports. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's a little weird, but that's OK. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, games can be a little weird. Um, you know, it's I, I think that basically everyone has had hopes of that coming to switch, but we know that's just not going to happen at this point. The team's been very clear about it. And so I'm hoping to play it in a different platform at some point. Um, right. So you so you got Hades in early access. Did you just have a, it was a rainy day and you're just like, I'm just going to try this game that's on my Epic Game Store account? Or was there something that, that said, this is the time to get in? It kind of was a spur of the moment thing because um, it, it was just kind of one day I was thinking about Hades and I was like, you know, I really want to play that. And like, I haven't kind of gotten into a new game in a while. And so I just kind of, you know, purchased on Epic Games, started it up, started playing and was hooked really fast. Like I was... You know, and the the game was very different back then um, in terms of how it felt, but it was still just you know really solid, really fun. Do you remember what update that was? I started the game during the murder death kill update. I'm pretty sure, which was uh, still when the last boss was Lerny and Asphodel. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So this was beginning of 2019, I think. Maybe. I believe so. Yeah, I would have to check that again, but yeah, it, it's been a while. <laughs> um, yes, March twelfth, twenty nineteen, and so that was in that was before Beefy and after Good Times, right? And I, a lot of my playtime during the early Hades days was between Murder Death Kill and uh, the Beefy update, mostly. Yeah. There you go. Well, what was like? Name the craziest thing that isn't in the game anymore that was around back then. What's something that, that was just like, why is it Hmm. I want to say just 
the way heat was handled maybe and i i i know that's kind of a little bit too relevant to what we're going to talk about but you know just the fact that heat used to be a collectible resource and you would get it in in some room rewards and you would kind of spend it on the pact and it was very strange and it's it's interesting how much that has changed yeah i looked at your first recorded video for hades and it said 120 heat and i said that's a lot of heat (laughs) how 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 that is my question right so heat in how it worked very differently back then it was the number was just hugely inflated it wasn't that it really was that much more difficult than like you know the now it's just that it kind of you would put more points to reach the same kind of difficulty level and so for reference i believe in the current game the skelly statues which you can earn Mm -hmm. um they're about 8 16 and 32 heat and so 120 heat is about equal to 32 okay so it it was just a question of i guess because they made it a resource they didn't want to give you one of it you know you would collect 10 or 20 like darkness kind of Exactly. It's like a long-term goal resource to kind of build towards and get higher heat that way. Fascinating. Well, um, it seems like they, they polished that system a good bit. And were you, were you always looking for the biggest challenge the game had to offer? Were you, as soon as you cleared learning, were you like, all right, I just want to push this thing as far as it goes? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think initially I was mostly happy with just kind of clearing and learning the game. Um, and Kind of as time went on, um, I realized like, hey, you know, I can actually make it pretty far and I can do pretty well um, with these, you know, these weapons. And um, yeah, I don't I don't remember what even pushed me to start pushing heat in that way. But eventually I did kind of in the beefy update um, and that, yeah, (laughs) became a thing. Yeah, I'm looking at the I'm trying to see how far back the early access sheet goes. I see that in Nighty Night, you had a you had a 40. This was June 2020. Yeah, it looks like you've been pushing for a while. Um, and something that I've learned relatively recently is that the High Heat community in the official Discord, extremely active. It's a small group of really tight-knit players. Oh, yeah. Um, the, yeah the High Heat Strategies channel in the Supergiant Discord... Um, we're really active, especially nowadays after the 1.0 launch, um, and we're we're really friendly. I know, like, kind of a channel dedicated to high heat might sound a little intimidating, but we're we're super, you know, chill and very welcoming to anyone tackling any level of heat. So, yes. yeah. But keep your language PG-13, or Nyanya will yell at you. Very important. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> yes, it's an important thing. Um, yeah, I I just kind of popped in there. Um, Listeners that know me from other from other podcasts and other games will not be surprised. I was like, let me help with this spreadsheet. And everyone was just so incredibly welcoming. And also just everyone talks about Hades all day long. It's pretty incredible how active it is. Um, I thought there were going to be a ton of people that were really pushing this. But the leaderboard we have, not leaderboard, the player index, we have uh, 12 people that are submitting entries regularly. It's a really small, tight-knit group of people that play a lot of this game. It's, it's really fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we all know each other really well in terms of just like the high heat community and stuff. And um, but yeah, we we also always love to see new people get into that. And so um, it's really great to see new names, new weapons being pushed. Um, in in terms of high heat, 
And listeners, there are four weapons that have not had a submitted clear at 32 <laughs> or above. If you want to rock Haribo, Talos Fist, Zagreus Rail, or Nemesis Sword, get in there. They're ready. I don't even know. I don't even know what, what a Haribo IE run would look like. Yeah, I know I know someone has done 45 recently because they were doing all aspects on 45, which is kind of a crazy undertaking. Um and uh I don't remember what they had, but me personally, I would have to do a lot more practice on Hera because I'm I'm more of a <laughs> no no fluff kind of uh, you know, mostly attack bow guy. So. Yes. Well, and that gives us a good transition to the lightning round favorite aspect. I mean, anyone that's watched <laughs> your videos knows what it is. But let's let's go uh, ahead and humor people. Right. Okay. So this answer might not be as straightforward as you think, though, because I do love Rama, but I think my favorite aspect is kind of, I would say, split between Rama and Hades' spear, which has been a longtime uh, favorite of mine. Hades' spear. I would not have seen that coming. Yeah, I I do have a couple high heat runs uh, from back in Blood Price where I used it quite a bit. And I was just about the only high heat player using it. Um, still kind of am. But uh, yeah, I really like that weapon. Yeah, I see that you have a 50 completed uh, in October. I mean, you know, that's not nothing. That's a 50. Like, <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. Uh, Rama is definitely the one where I think you have the most the most uh, documented runs with. But I'm glad to hear they're giving Spear some love. Though I hear that Amir believes Achilles is underappreciated. He said that a few times. Did he? When did he say this? <laughs> During the Hermes Cup. He, he thought that oh, Achilles okay. was underexplored. For those that don't know, Amir Rao is the studio director of Supergiant, who also was extremely active in the games community, which is kind of crazy, but awesome. That's really interesting, because I think Achilles is valued pretty well in a speedrun context, but I would actually kind of agree in terms of high heat. I think there's a lot of exploring to be done with it. So, yeah, that's interesting. Well, it's... Maybe you can get some 40 heat streaking going. I hear that Amir really likes 40 heat streaks. That's my understanding. Oh, yeah. He's a big fan of that. <laughs> yeah. um, if you, your favorite character. Favorite character. That's tough. I like a lot of the characters in this game, and that's kind of what Supergiant does. Um, I, I think as soon as I started playing Hades uh, from the very beginning, I've really thought Megara was extremely cool. Just her presentation... Her vo the voice, the voice acting is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Uh, just her dynamic with Zagreus. I don't know. It's just really cool. I, I like how they handled it. It's definitely the most frequent answer we get on this show. Um, there's Everyone has a different <laughs> thing to like about Meg, but my understanding is that Avalon Penrose, the voice actress, is, has gotten a lot of positive feedback and also some weird, creepy DMs about it. So it seems like, oh, uh, you know, I mean, it's the internet. What you gonna do? Uh, yeah. Apparently, it's a very small number of people, and she just blocks and moves on. Good for her. <laughs> what is? What's your comfort build? If you're doing runs and you're like winding down for the day, and then you see this weapon glowing purple, you're like, "All right, one more." What? What is your? What is this? Your go-to comfort build? I, I guess that would probably be maybe something like if you know if I'm doing lowish heat, I might grab Hades aspect and try and get serrated point, Ooh. just because. Like, my most comfortable, my zen zone in Hades is probably spinning and just, you know, throwing out serrated point dash strikes. I love it. I mean, you can't go wrong. You press two buttons and then things die. And, uh, and you know, <laughs> go for maybe an Aphrodite attack and just get some big damage going. Um, I, I saw that in the test branch they were testing a, a reduced penalty 
to Dash? How many times have they tested that and then not done it? That, oh man, that, I, I have a whole experience with that. Yeah, because Serrated Point is one of my favorite hammers, both in general and for the spear. And um, the, the change from minus 20% reduced um, dash distance to minus 25, even though it's small, like you'd think that'd be nothing, but it has felt huge to me because I've used it so much. And so one of my biggest... Uh, I guess walls right now is trying to figure out how to kind of do high heat extreme measures for Hades uh, with serrated point because it's very difficult. <laughs> yeah, dashing dashing out of the second sweep, I imagine, is just kind of the hard part there. Absolutely, just getting out, just getting into a safe zone, getting around the pots, just yeah, dashing through those attacks. It's yeah. tough. Or if in the middle of the fight and you see and Hades does his call, which we won't spoil here, listeners, but he does his call and you're in the middle and you're like, oh, I can't get over there. I can't get That there. is a good point. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, your most hated enemy. You had to pick one. Most hated enemy. A lot of the ones that come to mind are in Elysium, which I'm sure is a common opinion. Um, I would say, and this is including benefits package. Uh, Ooh kind of modifiers i guess uh great shields with speeder i i despise those just the, like especially if you have jury summons and there's a bunch of them in the same room it's just a huge pain to deal with um and speeder chariots even though i've i've gotten better at dealing with them they can just blindside you and with you know full points and hard labor all that damage you can just lose a run to a room with a bunch of speeder chariots so yeah, they'll just run you over and keep on going. The The common thread so far has been either Elysium mobs or satyrs. So you're you're right on par there. Um, <laughs> though I did get one answer for fast hands, and I think that's also an excellent answer. Oh, yeah, fair, for yes. sure. Yeah, that was Hamlet's answer and fast hands are... Ugh. Um, all right, well, that gives us a little bit of background. So it's time for some build bragging, because the best part of talking about Hades is saying, oh, you won't believe this sick build. You had a very sick build uh, yesterday. When you cleared your 57, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that that build was... I, I hesitate to call it a build because it's a lot of it is kind of taking the shackle and using the shackle's, uh, you know, huge strength, especially now after the recent patch. Um, so for those who don't know, the Shattered Shackle, uh, at its, you know, max level, it boosts your attack, special, and cast by 100% if you don't have a boon slotted there. And so with Rama, with Rama's huge base damage, it's just really, really good. So I, I took that to the end, pretty much. I'm looking at your victory screen now, and you did not have enough boons to select. So it's just like your hammers, <laughs> which is twin shot, perfect shot, which are, those are pretty good. Uh, like yeah. outside, of, outside of, what would you even want over perfect shot? Like maybe ricochet fire? Um, chain shot is okay for encounters, but you really feel it fall off in bosses. Perfect shot is one of my favorite hammers alongside, um, triple and twin. I try to get triple or twin and then pair it with either point blank or perfect. So yeah, those were good hammers for sure. Yeah. Makes sense. And then the level four Artemis dash and that's, that's the build. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that Artemis was kind of, you know, me at the start taking the arrowhead and hoping to maybe get deadly strike. Uh, did not work out, but the dash, I could just kind of keep the whole time because it didn't mess with Shackle, and it, it gave me a good damage boost, so it was it was pretty great, actually. It's oddly synergistic with Shackle 
in a way that I hadn't anticipated, but makes sense looking at it. Yeah, exactly. It kind of happened by accident. And by the end, I was like, wow, that worked really well. Yeah, this might be the strat, might be the thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, uh, another player, uh, Badge, has also completed 57 Heat, but with Zeus Shield. And uh, he also was running Shackle. And I think it, you know, it just goes to show that like Shackle is so amazing now, you can take it to push the absolute highest heat here, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and you need all the help you can get with Routine Inspection 3, because it's, it, this is kind of the thing that we'll go into in the, in the uh, explanation topic. When you can't really depend on rerolls or God's Legacy or Dark Foresight, it gets so much harder to target anything. So it makes sense that you're just going for something that's good the second you leave. Uh, you leave the House of Hades. There's something that's good immediately. Absolutely. Um, I think Rama is pretty lucky in the sense that its kit with, you know, Shared Suffering, the special, and just the, the attack that is really powerful when you can get power shots off um, definitely benefits from being able to kind of maneuver around Approval Process 2 and, um, and not having Dark Foresight, definitely. Approval process too, you know, I hadn't noticed that and now I'm kind of mad for you because <laughs> it's, ugh, I get it. And at least it doesn't modify combat. And there's, there was this conversation we were having um, in Discord earlier uh, that with approval process one, it's kind of play your way, but less convenient. And approval process two is just play whatever the game gives you. And there's an interesting study on human psychology with how different those things feel. Mm-hmm. It's just accepting what the game gives you is almost easier than saying, but I want that thing and I can't have it. Yeah, it's true. And I think um, even with approval process too, um, it adds this really funny layer where you can see what you were missing out on. And I, I have to think that's totally intentional just to kind of frustrate people in, in like a playful way, you know, kind of because you, you hear the duo sound or the legendary sound, it shines and then you see it crossed out. It's the worst feeling. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is still, that's definitely like a little bit of, of super giant trolling you. That's definitely. Oh, that absolutely. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Any other fun runs you had recently that you want to brag about? Um, I guess other than the 57, I did do a 46 mirrorless with Rama as well. And that was pretty fun. Um, though it, it did get, it did feel almost like unfair that I got greatest reflex from Hermes because you know that you kind of get your dashes back to normal and that's one of the hardest parts of uh, mirrorless but you still do have to play careful because you don't have any death defiances um so I took lucky tooth and yeah it, it was it, pretty fun to work with those limitations the the mirrorless challenge and, and I mean I guess you're kind of running boonless anyways at this point so it's kind of boonless mirrorless because you just take shackle <laughs> anyway so it doesn't matter um yeah yeah, different way to play. There, I even saw what's that the Diogenes challenge? That new thing that's going around. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not totally clear on the pact setup, but I'm pretty sure it's like, you know, isn't it like uh, routine inspection four and then approval process two? Yes, huh. it's uh, RI four, AP two, heightened security, hard labor five, shackle, and you have to use a zag aspect. Oof. I think I think the the big saving grace for that one is that you don't have to take forced overtime. So everything yeah. if you're used to forced overtime too, everything is going to feel very slow. Yeah, just in slow motion all the time. You play so much forced overtime. I can't imagine what that's like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I haven't been pushing, uh, I haven't gotten back to pushing 32s yet, so this week I've been enjoying just farming some 22s, um, kind of making sure I feel comfortable at that heat, which I've been doing pretty well at uh, before I start cranking it back up. So I've been exploring the world of lightning rod runs, um, not on purpose. <laughs> it's happened twice in a row. I had the the classic Eris Vengeful Mood Hunting Blades Vicious Cycle run, which you usually expect, you know, just total meta build. Got some cluster rockets yeah. going on top of that. And, uh, nice. and then... I'm Demeter Deadly Reversal is pretty normal, but uh, I haven't gotten Kinetic Launcher all that much. Five big green punches that travel across the screen. I did not realize how powerful that was. That's very good. Oh, yeah. I've had that exact build before, and it's super fun for sure. But did you have the Lightning Rod? I did not have Lightning Rod. <laughs> Let me tell you, I... you were missing out. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I feel like uh, Lightning Rod has an increased chance to show up for people who don't really want it, and that's that's one of my favorite things about Lightning Rod. <laughs> it's Lightning Rod has the hidden text. Um, the duo says, <laughs> "When you pick this up, you gain four hundred and twenty gold," and I think that's really powerful. <laughs> All right, that can be really useful. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into your world a little bit. Let's understand the world of pushing heat. Um, we're going to start by talking about the common roadblocks and the patterns that change as levels increase. We'll start, I think, at the most base level is to get the statue, to get that 32 heat. What are some common approaches to that you want to go into? Uh, yeah, so the thing about 32 heat is that, like, you know, when you're kind of playing through the game and trying to go past your bounties, that can seem like a very huge amount of heat. But there is a surprising amount of flexibility in your pact there, I would say, um, to where you can pretty much either go without any forced overtime, and that can be a huge help just kind of getting your openings on bosses and enemies constantly, or you can turn up forced overtime and kind of turn down hard labor all the way, so hits won't really punish you that much. There's, there's a lot of um, different ways you can go there. Yeah, I've seen a few different configurations. It's really a question of, do you want to go Stubborn Defiance or not? That seems to kind of be the the dividing line. And so the Stubborn mm -hmm. Defiance config that I've seen is you crank up Lasting Consequences, you, you crank up Hard Labor, and just it, if you are at low health, you just wander into the lava or proc any traps when you have your Stubborn Defiance left up at the end of the room and you just kind of heal that way. Um, it's a little stressful, but it seems to be the way to get used to pushing higher heats. But also, it's not—it's totally not necessary if you want to even just run FO1. Oh yeah, for sure. I think um, back when I was first doing 32, uh, I, I tried to do 32 with all the weapons back in the day, and um, I just used Death Defiances, and I did not kind of touch Lasting Consequences. So if you're still comfortable with Death Defiance and you don't want to do that, um, it's totally viable at 32. But uh, for sure, if you want to push higher heat, I would recommend Stubborn Defiance, you max Lasting Consequences, and kind of use your Stubborn Defiance each room to heal. And do you think you can get away with not using Tight Deadline 3 at 32? I think you can, but I would recommend it, um, especially if you're planning on pushing higher than 32, because playing efficiently and fast is a skill that um, obviously is very useful for speedrunning. But it's also just really useful for high heat because it kind of forces you to play a little bit better than you would normally. You're less sloppy. You're kind of on your A game, I guess, a little bit more. Um, but for 32, you wouldn't have to go that high. Like, you wouldn't have to do tight deadline three with the five minutes per biome. You could do 
you know, two with the seven, really. Yeah, that makes sense. It's the advice I got when I was pushing, you know, just up to beginning the heat climb is you want to start with things that change the core aspects of the game, extreme measures, middle management and benefits package in particular, just so you incorporate them into your play, they feel normal and then they stop really, they they don't really cost you anything. If you run EM3 every single time you, you pull, then it's just not going to feel like a standout fight. It's just, it's how the boss goes. So I can see that being a thing with Tight Deadline, but also Tight Deadline 3 starts to run into the issue of sack RNG, and that's yeah. that's a, a point of contention, we'll call it. Yeah, uh, Tight Deadline exacerbating the whole sack RNG problem is is felt by high heat runners everywhere. Like we, it, it's a, it, yeah, it, you kind of take that risk with uh, Tight Deadline 3, and uh, some high heat runners actually just keep it at 2. And then put the heat elsewhere, uh, even at like 50 plus, which is pretty impressive. So you, wow. you don't have to take it, really. Yeah. And I guess that's the, that's the thing about 32 is there's no one config that you have to do. There's no one option that you really have to take. I think it's mm-hmm. pretty hard to get away with not doing any extreme measures. Um, but you don't have to do EM4 either, even though if you get used to that fight, I'm sure it's good. But that fight is really difficult. That's a hard fight. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think that, yeah, extreme measures, kind of the first two or three is really good to put in there for 32. And then four, I would say, is honestly not worth doing unless you want to practice the fight and, you know, give yourself a challenge because it's a it's an amazing fight. Um, But it is very difficult. And so if you're looking to get that that win on 32, uh, extreme measures four can make it very difficult. Yeah. Is there anything that I'm sure people roll into the high heat channel all the time? It's like, what config should I use for 32? It's a very common question. Is there any common roadblock that you see people running into where they're trying one thing and it's just not working or, or a problem they run into a lot? It's a good question. I think, I think they're underestimating certain packed options. So you might see some people for, you know, trying 32 for the first time. And they'll max out calisthenics program, which mm. gives all enemies uh, 30% more health. And that, you know, in combination with tight deadline especially, just makes rooms and bosses take way longer. If you don't have damage, then it's you're just making the run very tough for yourself. It's one of the harder packed options in conjunction with everything else. So I think a common wall is kind of not understanding the difficulty of certain packed options in conjunction with others. That makes sense. Yeah, there was a run where I was trying um, tight deadline three with uh, jury summons one and damage control two, and even though I was on Eris, it was just it was too slow. Even with Eris with Zeus attack, there was just too much going on. There were too many enemies, and they were a pain to get to. So yeah, that definitely good advice. That can be felt. And, and also, just to put it out there, I'm sure that most listeners know this. Don't underestimate routine inspection. Even even one level in that is so incredibly punishing. Absolutely. I would even uh, go as far as to say if you're doing 40 heat, you really just don't put anything into routine inspection. Dark foresight is huge. Yeah. Amazing how in 1.0, that's the most important at the bottom three. I think when when the patch first came out, people didn't realize it because it got buffed, right? It did. Um, It used to be plus 10% gold room rewards. And um, it also used to not work properly where it wasn't really making a huge difference throughout a run almost at all. Um, so the buff, as well as fixing it, made it just, you know, one of the most valuable, pa- uh, mirror options out there. So, yeah. Did not realize that it was also 
incorrectly working. Okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense why it caught everyone by surprise. But yeah, it's awesome. It's a really great uh, great mirror option for people that have finished farming their currencies. So jumping from 32 to 40, what's the biggest difference that you feel with this? With 40, you definitely start to feel that you have less choice in kind of what where you put the heat. You kind of have to start putting it in things you really don't want to. So for example, you might kind of have to take full forced overtime as well as you know, a decent amount of hard labor, if not max. And uh, that can be really difficult for a lot of players because it speaks for itself, fast enemies that hit hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, every time I've tried forced overtime, one of the biggest issues I've run into is Asterius. Getting used to the timing of the jumps and the craters, it's, and he hits like a truck. Yeah, absolutely. With Extreme Measures 3... Asterius just kind of becomes this this orb of damage that you have to really keep your distance from except during the most opportune times. And uh, that, in addition to his charge, which on full forced overtime is incredibly fast, you need to be ready for it, know how to handle it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, good luck if you're on serrated point, by the way. Good <laughs> yeah. luck. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... And so, before I go any further, where was where was your wall, if you had one, when you were climbing heats? Was there any particular spot where you're like, this is kind of the thing that I have to break through? Was it getting used to FO2? Um, it surprisingly was not FO2. I, I've been using that pr- pretty much on max since uh, I started, you know, doing heat at all uh, in terms of bounties, in terms of um, climbing heat. I've had it on, so I'm really used to it, I guess. Um I would say maybe a wall that I had to kind of get over was actually switching to Stubborn Defiance just because I wasn't used to it. And I had been using my Death Defiances and I, you know, had to kind of get used to letting myself die in each room to heal. And uh, so that was a bit of an adjustment, I would say. Yeah, and it, it feels like it's pretty common. Once you get used to the idea of building good DPS and actually doing good damage, it feels common to just spend Death Defiances on dad. Like just stand next to him and just wail on him and let him pop a couple, uh, and you yeah. can't you can't do that anymore because you do that and then you die. Exactly that that is yeah a huge part of what made it hard is because you it kind of forces you to be better at the bosses and it it kind of made me realize like oh I'm not as good at these bosses as I thought I was because I was kind of like yeah letting my DDs get used up at the champs or Hades. And now it's like, well, you only have one per, so you need to do better. And so <laughs> I kind of did. <laughs> yeah. Don't stand in the spinny chop. Be careful about the lasers. <laughs> you know, the usual things. You have heightened security on. Be careful the jars. Careful oh, jars. man. Ugh. Yeah. Jars. Yeah. And be careful of Electo. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and so from here, from 40... Then we start to move into 50, and this is special territory, because I think there are probably under 10 people actively pushing this that I found. <laughs> like, it's just a yeah. very, very small group. But the experience of watching 50, I, I've watched your videos. You basically end up with one or two boons, and you hope for good hammers, and then just, like, have really, really precise movement and execution because any mistake is so punishing. What's the, what's the difference here in feel for you as the runner? Yeah, so 50, I think, because it's hard to put into words, but you really, you kind of said it pretty well, you you can't make many mistakes at all. And the ones you do make, um, you know, Stubborn Defiance kind of will will 
save your butt there. Um, and so you don't have many chances. And at, by this point with the pact, you're really just having to put points into stuff you absolutely don't want to, you know, don't want to see. Um, so, like, for example, my pact setup at 50 for some of these runs uh, includes routine inspection 2 which means you lose dark foresight, you lose the bottom, you know, perks, you lose the 50 extra health from thick skin. So the start is a little rougher in Tartarus. You know, it's it's a rough experience and you can get used to it, but it's never it never stops being hard for anyone pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's the thick skin is definitely the one that well, the thick skin is noticeable. I bet losing the privileged status family favorite row, you start to notice that closer to Elysium because rooms just take longer, you do less damage. Mm -hmm. in a really major way yeah and the 57 you just did you only had two options that you didn't take which was <laughs> routine inspection four and extreme measures four that was it everything else is on yeah and uh again i the inspiration from that packed configuration came from badge who you know did that exact one at 57 right before me um and it's yeah, I think either losing access to all stubborn, de you know, stubborn defiances or having to face Super Dad, they're both extremely hard with everything else on top. And that's really the thing about high heat, right? Like you're all of these options in conjunction with each other. It's just absolutely brutal the way they interact. So, yeah. yeah. But it's opt in. You don't have to do it. But if you're if you're competing, if you're pushing, if you want that 57, <laughs> if you want that 58. Gosh, I guess 58, you'd have to turn on Super Dad and then find three heat somewhere? Right. For 58, you know, I could continue pushing my hell mode file, get that extra heat oh, from personal liability. get that liability. personal liability. Yeah. Yeah, and um, we're not going to wade into the hell mode debate here, but I am, <laughs> uh, it's, it's an interesting mode that there's just this weird, for people unaware, there's one... Hell mode is it's five pre-configured heat, but there's one option that you can't get otherwise. It's called personal liability, where that little shield that appears around you after you take damage doesn't happen. And so if you get caught in something, you'll just immediately melt. But it's you can't get to it with a regular save file. You have to use a hell mode save. So I guess now there's a shared save file. Um and and I know that you and a couple other people have been working on hell mode saves anyways. That might mm -hmm. be the best option um at at fifty seven, but it's not really gonna come up below fifty heat, I don't think, all that much. Right, it's personal liability. That one heat you're getting from it is not going to make a huge difference unless you you are pushing heat, like you know us, like who are pushing into just fifty plus this kind of thing, where one heat will make a difference in terms of like a record of you know for an aspect or overall. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, so I think fifty heat is something that anyone that's listening to this podcast will either be aware, like whoa, that's not for me, or is already doing it. So. In terms of breaking into the that 32 world and kind of pushing that a little bit more, just getting into the heat community, um, how would you recommend people start getting into this uh, with this goal? I guess I would say definitely reach out to other, you know, like high heat runners for advice if you need it. Um, and I, I guess I would say, like, believe in yourself more than you already do if if you're having doubts because... A lot of people find that they can push higher and, you know, further than they think they can initially, because um, that was definitely the case with me. You know, back in the day when I was pushing, you know, doing 32 on all the weapons, I thought, well, like, that that's kind of the cap of my skill, huh? Like, this is hard stuff. And 
eventually you just kind of play more and you realize that you're actually pretty competent at the game and a lot of players are and you're you are able to push heat that high it just takes a lot of practice so yeah inspirational it's very nice and i have to ask as well this is something that i think people need to hear how many runs have you done of hades you have any idea uh i know that let's see so i know that in terms of just like completed runs uh i have around i want to say 400 um completed runs and that doesn't include all the resets um i know i know that people have had more runs than me and i'm not sure if like you know the shifts during early access had gotten rid of any of these runs so i might have more than i actually think uh, but yeah, in terms of total clears that is displayed at you know on my victory screen, it's it's a little under four hundred right now. So a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean we're talking. You've been playing for a year and a half, and I think it's the great thing about a roguelike is that it's infinitely replayable. But that's very important to note when you're focused on a competitive goal. You just got to play a lot. You just got to get the games in. It's a lot of games. Yeah, exactly. Um, there and you got to kind of get used to messing up and failing especially at high heat like i i cannot stress this enough the for the successful runs that i put up there are a billion more failures and just you know runs that went horribly and just didn't go my way so a lot of it is practice some of it is luck it's a lot of skill it's just you know you just keep trying pretty much yeah it's because sometimes you get the two sack and sometimes you get the five and Oof. you just got to run it back nothing else to do yeah. it's part of the game um, well, that's very helpful. Thank you so much for coming on, Taylor, and congrats to both you and Bash for that 57 record same day. Yeah. Pretty incredible, only a few hours apart. Right. <laughs> um, so, if our listeners want to find you, where can we find you if we want to, if we want to chat or if we want to watch your runs? Do you stream on Twitch or, or focus more on the YouTube right now? Yeah, right now I pretty much just have my youtube channel set up uh i might stream in the future on twitch uh i haven't really streamed yet uh at all um and other than that you can find me um on discord you know i'm i frequent the super giant discord all the time especially in the high heat channel um and you'll find me and many others talking about high heat stuff so if you're interested in that you can find me there uh, or you can hit me up directly you know whenever uh yeah yeah and i i also have to ask when do you sleep because I don't, I have no idea based on when you've responded to my messages, where you live, and what your time zone is. So this is just not um, a curiosity. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, America, Midwest. My sleep schedule is just all over the place recently. You know, what with the whole, you know, pandemic situation, I kind of, yeah. you know, I've been taking some online classes, and those are pretty free form in terms of when you get the work done. So I, I really don't have a rigid schedule lately in terms of that. Yeah, it's, I'm East Coast US as well. And so just to highlight for the listeners, first time I DM'd you was 4, 4 a.m., then I replied again at 2 p.m., you got back to me at 5 p.m., <laughs> then I replied to you at 3 a.m., then you replied back to me at 5 a.m., and then I replied back to you at 9 a.m., and then 7 p.m., and then here we are at 8.30. So, yeah, right there with you. Comrades and arms. Um, yeah. Well, I guess when you're, when you're awake, plenty of time for Hades. Um, and listeners, you can find us at Hidden Aspects on Twitter. You can subscribe in your podcast client. Join our Discord. Uh, make sure you go check out Tails' channel on YouTube. Give it a give it a subscribe. You want to watch for those sweet, sweet Sisyphus Shackle runs. And uh, until next week, 
see you in hell.